One of the busiest weekends in news and politics that I can remember. We start with the failing Ron DeSantis campaign like a wounded bird falling from the sky. Not a bad quote from the failed former president, Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis recruiting his wife, Casey DeSantis, in advance of the forthcoming Iowa caucuses. And unfortunately, Casey DeSantis suggesting to people that they do something illegal. The people of law and order the people who will protect you from voter fraud are suggesting that very same voter fraud. Here is Casey DeSantis telling people around the country, go to Iowa, participate in the caucuses, because you know what? Anybody can participate in the caucuses, even if you're not from Iowa. This happens not to be true. Here is Casey DeSanctimonious suggesting something against the law. We have a huge coalition across the United States of America of mothers and grandmoms. When the governor was reelected, uh, we had a coalition of 1.1 million mothers and grandmoms in the state of Florida. That was the largest that had ever been done in the, the history of our state and probably, I would argue, across yeah. the nation. We're asking all of these moms and grandmoms to come from wherever it might be, North Carolina, South Carolina, and to descend upon the state of Iowa to be a part wow. of the caucus because you do not have to be a resident of Iowa really? to be able to participate in the caucus. So moms and grandmoms are going to be able to come and be a part and to let their voice be heard in support of Ron DeSantis. Uh, Isn't that great? If you are pro sanctus from Florida, you can just go to Iowa and participate in the caucuses. It just so happens this is untrue. It just so happens this would be illegal. Non Iowa residents are not allowed to participate in the Iowa Republican presidential caucus. Those caucuses like a state primary, like other caucuses or cockeye in the United States are restricted to residents of the state who are eligible to vote to participate in the Iowa Republican caucus. You must be a registered Republican and resident of Iowa of legal voting age. This is standard across U.S. states to make sure that you have eligible local residents having a say in terms of who is representing their state. Now, very quickly, when Casey and Ron were told Hey, uh, folks, this is illegal. They tried to back up and they tried to backpedal. And Casey DeSantis putting out an excretion on X where she said, quote, we've built a nationwide coalition of moms mobilized to help elect Ron DeSantis, mamas for DeSantis, while voting in the Iowa caucus is limited to registered voters in Iowa. There is a way for others to participate. I'm calling on mamas and grandmamas from all over the country to come volunteer in support of DeSantis in the Iowa caucus. Go and get registered to participate. So once she was told, ma'am, you're suggesting crimes, then she said what I meant was just you can participate in the Iowa caucuses by registering to volunteer, I, I guess, which is, of course, not what she meant. This is like when Trump says I'm having cognitive glitches on purpose and we look at the video and we go, that's absolutely not what happened. Not even not even a possibility that that's what happened. It's the exact same thing. The folks who are for law and order and who say it's Democrats who are going to commit all sorts of fraud are suggesting illegal activities with regard to the Iowa caucus. But you know what? It's not going to come to it because Ron DeSantis is failing and he's failing in Iowa big. I don't even know that DeSantis will end up third in Iowa. If he's lucky, he'll end up third in Iowa. More phenomenal jobs numbers for the uh, president, Joe Biden, 
to whatever degree you, you believe a president is responsible for unemployment numbers, job creation, et cetera. And I believe that the answer is a president is somewhat responsible for those things in a context of broader global economic and national conditions. To whatever degree you believe Joe Biden is responsible, the jobs numbers are really good. The jobs numbers, in fact, are starting to get more people to say we may have unemployment that is too low. Here is Maria Bartiromo having to contend with another strong jobs report, and she admits it's strong. But then she brings on the experts to try to explain maybe unemployment's too low. Maybe there are too many jobs being created. Overall, you got to look at this report as a big positive. We've got more jobs created than expected. Joe Lavoine, you've been saying this for a right. long time, saying that the economy is a lot stronger than anybody understands. Your reaction? It mm -hmm. takes a while. I, everything Steve said makes complete sense. Uh, the numbers are good numbers, uh, no question. The fact that the unemployment rate fell is good. It was because household employment was up over 700,000. All right, so it all sounds pretty good, right? Well, let's bring on an entire panel and see if someone can poke holes in this. Maybe the jobs report is too strong. Maybe one hundred and ninety nine thousand jobs created in November is too many jobs. Let's see how they can put that together. That we're seeing right now has everything to do with the Federal Reserve. So uh, we got hotter than expected numbers. Cheryl just gave us the numbers, one hundred and ninety nine thousand jobs versus an estimate of one hundred and eighty thousand. And the market sells off. Why? Because it's such a strong report that it may alter the Fed's view of right. uh, cutting interest rates next year. There you go. The jobs report may be so strong that the Fed will say, hey, you know what? Instead of cutting interest rates in in 2024, we need to either keep them level or even increase them because the economy is too hot and therefore the stock market is going to be down. Well, but one hundred and ninety nine thousand people who weren't working now are right, Maria, or perhaps uh, continuing to raise interest rates. We're expecting a pause at next week's meeting. But what happens then? Joining me right now to react is Job Creators Network president and CEO, the author of The Real Race Revolutionaries. Alfredo right. Ortiz is here. SB SMBC Nico, chief economist and former White House national. All right. So you get the point. Eventually they go they go into the panel and the argument is, the jobs report may be too hot. It may convince the Federal Reserve not to cut interest rates, and thus it's going to keep pushing inflation up. Of course, the reality is even as interest as as, as we've seen uh, interest rates go up, the whole point of in interest rates going up is to try to tamp down on inflation, which has happened, which was zero in October and three point two percent year over year. So you all know the routine. We're not going to get a serious economic discussion on Fox News, and the serious economic discussion is by the standards we've used for 50 or 60 years, we have a really great economy by the standards that social Democrats like me would like to put in place so that our economy could be a little more like some of those northern European economies, less inequality, better safety net, not having outrageous military and defense spending. Right. By that standard, we're still falling really short. Inequality is high. Wages are up, but not as much as we would like. We still have people 40 percent that can't afford an unexpected thousand dollar expense. That's the real conversation. But by the, the metrics, we have all said these are the six or seven metrics we use to evaluate an economy. Things are good. And eventually it starts to become difficult even for Fox to dot downplay what are just the numbers, at least on these daytime shows. And we can look at other numbers. I know people will say, but David, what about this other number? Inflation is down. 
The stock market's having a really good year. We'll see how December shakes out. Wages are up. A job creation is high. Unemployment is low. Consumer confidence is OK. Uh, again, we've talked about how not not everybody is is seeing what the economy is doing. Uh, extraordinarily dynamic economies in many states, overwhelmingly blue states, I admit, but very dynamic economies in, in blue states that are growing and innovation uh, by, by virtue of patents. And it, it all looks very solid. It doesn't mean that Joe Biden is God's gift to progressive economics, but he's done some good things that have helped. They certainly haven't hurt. And Republicans are now going to have to figure out if the numbers stay like this for the next 11 months, how do we defeat Joe Biden? And this is not about Biden. This is not about Biden's demented. He doesn't know what day it is or he does or he's completely uh, embroiled in some kind of criminal fraud bribery that he's or not. This is none of that. This is if you zoom out and you look historically when the economy was doing as well as it is doing now by the numbers, incumbent presidents tend to get reelected. That's a historical reality abstracted from any specific concerns about Joe Biden. Republicans are going to have to contend with that. I don't know how they do, I guess, by lying and saying the economy is terrible. Donald Trump is backing out, chickening out of testifying and in his uh, 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 own defense in his New York civil fraud trial. He's doing it at the last minute and he's doing it just days after his lawyer, Alina Habba said, oh, he's going to be there. He's going to be there. Now, you may remember or you may not remember that Donald Trump already testified there, but he testified there because the prosecution called him as a witness. Now he has been saying and his lawyer has been saying Trump is going to go back on the stand in his own defense, but it is not going to happen. NBC News reporting Donald Trump says he won't testify in his own defense in New York fraud trial. The former president was originally scheduled to take the stand as the months long two hundred and fifty million dollar civil fraud trial against him and his company enters its final week. Trump isn't going to do it saying on Troth Central, I have already testified to everything and have nothing more to say other than this is a complete and total election interference Biden campaign witch hunt. I will not be testifying Monday. He said it in an all caps two part post on Truth Social. Here is Alina Habba defiantly indicating just days ago Trump will testify. He is so firmly against what is happening in this court and so firmly for the old America that we know, not this America, that he will take that stand on Monday. He will open himself up to whatever they want because he's not afraid. People that wow. are afraid cower. President Trump doesn't cower. Well, it seems like he's cowering and he is chickening out. And this is the theme. This is the trend for Trump. Trump once said he would testify in that Trump University trial. He didn't do it. Trump said he would testify in the E. Jean Carroll trial. He didn't do it. Trump said he was going to testify here. He's not going to do it. And I have to tell you, it doesn't make any sense for Trump to testify. Trump's unhinged. Trump can't control himself when it comes to lying. If you put Trump up there in his own defense, you risk self-incrimination. Remember, he's already testified for the prosecution. His lawyers should rightly be thinking, even if he testifies more or less truthfully, if there is a conflict between that testimony and this testimony, that's not good for us. Trump would then be cross examined by the prosecution if he testifies in his own defense. That's risky because there may then be inconsistencies just between Trump's two defense testimonies, never mind when he testified several weeks ago. There is no reason 
that as an attorney, you would want Trump to testify here, given that the facts are so strongly against him and that he cannot control himself when it comes to lying and thinking he's just so smart and convincing everybody in the room will be taken with him. It's the right decision for him not to testify. But the point is, he and his lawyers have been playing the big boy for weeks, if not months now, saying, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to tell the truth and I'm going to blow all these cases out of the water when I do that. Trump's unpredictable. He's dishonest. He's volatile. The last thing you would want as a lawyer is Trump if Trump getting on the stand. And exactly that will not happen. We will soon see the conclusion of this trial. We will know what the penalty is going to be for Trump. Will he be able to run a business in New York? Is he going to have to get rid of these real estate assets? This could really be the nail in the coffin of Trump's business life in New York. His criminal situation is going to be dealt with in 2024. Let's take a quick break. We are on the path to three million YouTube subscribers. Isn't that insane? Make sure you're subscribed at youtube.com slash the David Pakman show. We'll take a break and be right back. If you sit all day long while you work and you've never tried a desk that can transition between sitting and standing, it really is a game changer. I've had an uplift desk for a while. I use it every day to record the show, prepare for the show, do my office work. I'm sitting at an uplift desk at this very moment, and I've been using uplift desks for many years. We wanted them to be a sponsor and we finally were able to make it happen. Standing while I work helps me get the creative juices flowing. I feel more productive. I'm focused. I'm more alert. And it's also healthier. I'm just moving around more. My circulation is better, which is just good for your health. I use the uplift standing desks because they don't wobble. Totally stable, even with all of my show equipment on them. The build quality is just tremendous. And you can completely customize the desk by choosing from over 100 desktop choices, hundreds of accessories. I have a whole bunch of them, including a USB hub and a keyboard tray and all sorts of things. They have free shipping, free returns, free return shipping, and an industry leading 15 year warranty. My audience gets 5% off when you go to upliftdesk.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman5. That's U P L I F T desk.com slash Pacman. Then use code Pacman5 for 5% off. The info is in the podcast notes. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you NerdWallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. One of our sponsors today is Manscaped. They make excellent products. You've got the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This is Manscaped's fifth generation body trimmer and groin trimmer. You've got two next gen blade heads, your standard trimmer blade for taking off a little bit of hair. The foil blade for taking off a bunch of hair. All of Manscaped's devices are waterproof and perfect for the shower. 
You'll also want to pick up Manscaped's Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafe Deodorant. Whether you're shopping for yourself, maybe there's a guy in your life, Manscaped offers the perfect bundle with everything. The Performance Package 5.0 Ultra includes the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra Groin Trimmer, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Trimmer, Manscaped's liquid formulations and two free gifts, Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 premium underwear with moisture wicking technology and the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag. I have all of this stuff at home. Get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code Pacman at Manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Use code Pacman for 20 percent off and free shipping. The info is in the podcast notes. Remember that the David Pakman show primarily is funded by our audience. We did something insane last week when we hit that two million subscriber number on YouTube. We created the coupon code two million. That's the number two and the word million with no space. You can use that on our website in honor of the number two to get a yearly membership for 20 bucks, renew it at that price for as long as you want, or a monthly membership for two bucks a month. Renew that as long as you want. You go to joinpacman.com, coupon code two million. You'll get the bonus show, the commercial free audio and video feed. By the way, now that Alex Jones is back on Twitter, we are really good. We're worried he's going to come after the bonus. show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Everybody yeah. else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. We'll talk more about Alex Jones on Twitter later, but let's get right into an insane bit of video from James Comer. CNN anchor Jake Tapper was visibly stunned when James Comer brought up a new argument in the Hunter Biden crime conspiracy theory. Jake Tapper said to James Comer and in general, it has been brought to these Republicans who are saying, oh, they're protecting Hunter Biden. You can counter the claim that Hunter Biden is being protected in all of his alleged criminality by saying, well, he's clearly not being protected because he's been indicted and then more charges have been added. The new claim from James Comer, who's investigating Hunter Biden and others, is he was indicted to protect him. Wait a second. How does that work? And the argument is there are way more serious things for which Hunter Biden should be indicted. In order to protect him from the more serious indictments, Hunter Biden has been indicted by the DOJ for less serious crimes. Jake Tapper visibly stunned. Listen to this. A penny of taxes on it. So what he got charged with uh, with that indictment last night, that had nothing to do with all of these so-called loans Mm -hmm. that the Bidens have taken. We've identified it appears with the president's son and brother over $14 million in loans where it doesn't look like they've ever made any uh, payments on Mm. principal or interest. And at what point do those loans, if you're not going to pay them back, become income? So we think that this is just the the tip of the iceberg. We think there are many more crimes. And my concern is that Weiss may have uh, indicted Hunter Biden to protect him. There you go. To be deposed. Yes. In the, in the, House Oversight Committee on Wednesday. He indicted him to protect him. Yes. The classic rubric. He (laughs) indicted him to protect him. I got it. Well, look, this whole, this, this, Jake, this whole thing's been about a cover up. You know, you've got two 
That's why he Serious indicted concern. him to, to protect him, to, to yeah. cover it up. There's no better way to cover up a crime than drawing attention to the person by indicting them. Very, very brilliant analysis. Well, he, look, you indict him on the least little thing, the gun charge and not paying taxes. He's facing like 17 I mean, additional years in prison. Yeah, but look These what he's felonies. done. Anybody else, anybody else in America would already be in prison, would already be in prison. Like Trump. You say he owes $2 million. He may owe $7 or $8 million if these loans are, are fraudulent loans. I mean, a loan means you are going to pay it back. So, so look, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this yeah. money's coming from bad people around the world. Yeah. Why are they paying Hunter? Why are they paying Hunter Biden? We believe that it's because they wanted direct access to Joe Biden. And I don't think any American, whether they're Democrat or Republican, would want to have a president that's compromised to our biggest enemy in the world, China. So, again, I asked for one piece of evidence or testimony that directly and credibly connected President Biden to proven misconduct. I, I, I will. I said it. I said it. The, the termination mm. of show Really soon. In yeah, Ukraine, not, as well as the, That isn't it. His, his yeah. Remember, the termination of Shokin at this point, we've heard even from within Ukraine. Yeah, th this guy was corrupt. We wanted him out. I mean, th there is no evidence for any of what James Comer is saying. There wasn't evidence for what he was saying six months ago. There wasn't evidence for what he was saying three months ago, three weeks ago. There's no evidence evidence for this at all. He is not the only person pushing this new conspiracy theory, though. I will tell you, here is Byron Donalds being interviewed by Fox News propagandist and Trump brown noser Maria Bartiromo. And he also says, you know, the the very serious felony charges they got Hunter with, it's part of the cover up to protect everybody. This conspiracy theory baseless is going mainstream. I'm just wondering if the timing of this indictment on Hunter Biden uh, is uh, a partly cover up because right. the DOJ had this information. They've been sitting on this for a long time, but they decided mm. to indict Hunter Biden the weekend before he was supposed to go under oath in a closed door testimony. Look, I totally agree. The timing is suspect. And let's take a yeah. step back. His attorney, Abby Lowell, says that, oh, the only reason why he got indicted is because his last name is Biden. No, Abby, the only reason that it took so long for him to be indicted is because his last name is Biden and because House Republicans uncovered this web of corruption surrounding right. Joe Biden. That This web of corruption for which they still haven't been able to find any evidence. So Byron Donalds jumps on this idea that the timing is very suspicious. I think they're indicting him to protect him. And then lastly, and maybe most hilariously, Byron Donalds argues that Joe Biden might have done something impeachable by not getting in the way of Hunter Biden's alleged crimes, which I'm not aware of the Good Samaritan law that exists that would make this uh, uh, logical legally. But here he is making that argument. Where do you see this going, Congressman? Yeah. Well, what I see happening is that over the next month or two, we're going to finish our investigation. I do believe at that point it's going to be crystal clear that there are articles of impeachment that should be drafted for Joe Biden because, number one, he accepted bribes through his family from foreign nations, especially <laughs> China and others. No evidence of that so far. Number two, he knew that his brother and his son were violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act. No evidence of that either. I believe he's a co-conspirator in that, because if you knowingly understand that your family's getting money from overseas and you don't tell them to register as foreign agents or foreign lobbyists or whatever, however you want to define it, that's a violation of federal law. So I believe that is a situation right there for the American people to see.
There you go. And they are now making this argument about Farah, uh, about uh, foreign agent reporting. Uh, there's just no evidence. There's no evidence of any of these things. It's not clear it matters to them. It's not clear that the people who watch and consume this stuff understand or even care. But based on what Eric Swalwell told us last week, it seems that it doesn't matter whether they find evidence. And it does seem as though they are determined to push forward with this Biden impeachment. What we all have to hope for is that enough of the American people, meaning Democrats, sensible independents, the occasional reasonable Republican, see through the brazenly political nature of it and don't fall for it. That's what we have to hope for. We'll see if it happens. Stand some of the underpinnings of the anti-Semitism that we're seeing. It's really important to understand this. One in five young Americans thinks the Holocaust is a myth. Our new poll makes alarming reading. This is from The Economist, which uh, did this poll. Uh, and some of the questions they asked are right here. The Holocaust is a myth. 20% of those 18 to 29 believe that it is. And roughly 25% of those 18 to 29 believe that it is exaggerated. As you can see, the older one is in the United States the less likely one is to believe that the Holocaust is a myth, which makes sense because the older you are, the closer you are either yourself or to people who were directly uh, victimized by the Holocaust or potentially were could, could have been on either side of it. But the point is, the further we seem to get uh, age wise, the more likely it is that someone will fall for the idea that the Holocaust is a myth. Now, if you actually look at the full uh, breakdown of the answers from this poll, only 51 percent of those 18 to 29 disagree that the Holocaust is a myth. So the numbers, the way the numbers break down is you've got 51 percent that say it definitely wasn't a myth. 20 percent say it was a myth, a myth that leaves 29 percent who aren't sure. They're not they're not totally sure. It probably isn't a myth, but maybe it is. So between 20 and 49 percent of 18 to 29 year olds think either that the Holocaust was a myth or might have been or they're not sure. This is about so much more than just growing anti-Semitism. This is also about the degree to which widely documented history stops mattering when you can propagandize individuals in the way that we are seeing them propagandize with so many of the social platforms that are out there. You know, Dwight D. Eisenhower famously said, uh, record it all, get it all on film, get the concentration camps on film, get the victims stacked up, get get all of it on film. He didn't say it. It's often misattributed to he expected there to be Holocaust denial in the future. That's not why that quote is attributed to him. It's not believed that Dwight D. Eisenhower was saying record all of it because in the future people might deny it. He was saying record all of it because we're going to need all of it for the Nuremberg trials, record all of it so that we can actually hold people accountable. But it turns out that it was needed for more reasons than just that. Now, I assume that people will immediately react to this story by saying, oh, this is the left's fault because of left wing anti-Semitism, or this is the right's fault because of right wing anti-Semitism. The reality is that this is bigger than that. This is the American educational system. This is about giving young people unrestricted social media access to platforms where you see a lot of this stuff pushed for which we have to be looking at parenting. This is about 
the pre-existing anti-Semitism that exists in among the right. It also exists among the left. I've been calling it out on the program for more than a decade. But the saddest part of all of this is that if you look, I'm not talking about extreme enclaves on the Internet. I'm just saying if you look at stories about this poll on Twitter, on Reddit, and you look through the comments, you will find a disturbing amount, a disturbing amount of anti-Semitism in the responses and glee. People saying, good, it was a myth. Finally, our young people are going to figure that out or they are figuring it out. So if you want to understand why this is happening, if you want to understand why this persists, just look at the comments online. In fact, once we post this segment to YouTube, look at the comments on this video on YouTube and you will very quickly understand the disastrous nature of what's going on here. We'll have the polling. We'll, we'll put it up visually uh, on our YouTube channel, TikTok, Instagram, all of our platforms. Uh, sad. Yes. Disturbing. Scary for sure. Uh, and, the, and, and the question is, where does this go? What impact does this have? I think to some degree we're seeing it. Many of us have holiday parties, New Year's parties coming up. You may enjoy an adult beverage. And let's face it, after a night with drinks, you don't necessarily bounce back the way maybe you used to. So you've got to make a choice. You could have a great night or a great next day until Zbiotics came along. Our sponsor, Zbiotics, makes the world's first genetically engineered probiotics. Created by PhD microbiologists, Zbiotics is a probiotic drink breaks down the byproduct of alcohol, which is responsible for some of those feelings the day after. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. This byproduct, not dehydration, is to blame for how you feel the next day. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic produces an enzyme to break that byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in the gut where you need it most, you drink a tiny bottle of Zbiotics before having any alcohol. You then drink responsibly, get a good night's sleep, and you will feel great the next day. Zbiotics works for so many people. Read the reviews online. Go to zbiotics.com/pacman and you'll get 15% off your first order when you use code Pacman at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/pacman. Using code Pacman saves you 15%. The info is in the podcast notes. 30 million trees are destroyed every year for toilet paper in the U.S. alone. So toilet paper is a big contributor to deforestation and climate change. Our sponsor, Real Paper, makes toilet paper from bamboo. Bamboo plants keep growing, which means no deforestation. Bamboo also absorbs five times as much carbon from the atmosphere as pine trees. And bamboo toilet paper is stronger than regular toilet paper and even softer. So bamboo toilet paper is all around a win for you and for the environment. It's time to move on from that toilet paper from trees that you're using at home. When you use real paper, it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing anything. It's soft and fluffy and they'll ship it to your door in plastic free packaging on a schedule. Super easy. With every box of real paper you buy, they are funding reforestation efforts across the country through their partnership with One Tree Planted. So unlike the toilet paper that cuts down trees, 
real is helping to actively plant them. Go to realpaper.com slash Pacman and use code Pacman for 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's R E E L paper.com slash Pacman and then use code Pacman. The info is in the podcast notes. Megyn Kelly is now admitting Donald Trump is suffering cognitive decline. She was on Glenn Beck's program over the weekend. I know I didn't know Glenn Beck still had a program either, but she was on it and she now admits this is what's going on. This is in the context, of course, of arguing that Joe Biden is worse. But still, the fact that Megyn Kelly is now openly admitting this, that gets us to the next step in finding acceptance for what is obviously going on. Take a listen to this. Do you think that Donald Trump has faded from where he was in 2020? Yeah, I do. Huh. I mean, I take him over Joe Biden any day of the week. Joe yeah, Biden, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to you know, fill out this term, never mind a second. But there's no question Trump has lost a step or multiple steps. He is confusing Joe Biden for Obama. I know he's now saying he intentionally did that. Go back and look at the clips. Right. It wasn't intentional. It was very look, any of us could have a slip of of the tongue, but it's happening to him repeatedly. The reference about how somebody's going to get us into World War Two, confusing countries, confusing cities where he is. And it's happening more and more with all due respect to Trump. This is what happens when you're 77 years old. Yeah. Trump seems inhuman, but he's not inhuman. He's a human. He's a, he's a man. DeSantis' line about father time spares no one was a good one. Um, so, look, if it's between Trump and Biden, I don't think there's any question who's more fit and who's capable. But are we really going to pretend that Donald Trump is just as vibrant and mentally sharp as he was in 16? Uh, OK. This is a big change. Okay, now I get it. Megyn Kelly's saying, oh, well, Joe Biden's even worse. Fine. We can have that debate. That's a fine debate to have. The fact that she now openly admits it's not even defensible at this point that Trump is as sharp as he once was and that she doesn't even try to deny that reality. This is a sign that she is going in the direction of accepting what it is that so many of us have been seeing for years at this point in time. At one point, they were all denying it. They now increasingly acknowledge it, but say, well, Joe Biden is actually worse. Well, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But if you believe that they both are suffering in some way and you believe that most of the work will be done by the people around them, my choice is the people around Biden rather than the people that Trump will have around him. Now, by the way, there is there's a new report on who is Trump planning to have in his second cabinet if indeed he becomes president again. It's a house of horrors. I already know I'm not going to have time to get to it on today's show, but we plan to get to it on tomorrow's program. I will tell you the names that Trump is thinking of for his second cabinet. And so even if you want to say, hey, you know what? They're both suffering from some level of dementia. Well, the economy is solid. Biden has reasonable people around him and Trump will put unrestrained and unqualified extremist ideologue loyalists around him. Even if they're both a little bit slowed down, that's even more reason to vote for Joe Biden. But this is not a small thing. This is a big deal. And the fact that she's acknowledging it in this way and saying there's not even a way to deny it. There's no way to deny it at this point. You see what's going on. And we'll look at some of those gaffes a little bit later. At this point, that is a major change in the way that prominent, you know, right wing journalists and whatever Megyn Kelly's personal beliefs are. She says, I have some left wing beliefs. I have some right wing beliefs. The role that she's playing is of a right wing journalist. 
uh, the fact that she's now openly saying this and saying it's completely indefensible to make a different argument. That is a major, major change. A tux wearing orange Trump told another one of these sir stories and had some major cognitive gaffes when speaking to the New York Young Republicans Gala or Gala. I don't really care which way you pronounce it. Both are fine. I've been to five galas and three galas. Couldn't tell the difference between them. A Trump speaking in New York and again, very cognitively shaky. Here is Trump arguing that tons of companies are leaving the country under Joe Biden. And his example is Exxon Mobil, Mobil moving from New York to Dallas, leaving the country, moving to Texas. Oh, boy. Cognitive fail once again. These are getting really difficult to watch. Everybody knows she was the one. She sued ExxonMobil in 2019. Letitia James in a much watched legal battle. The end result was that Exxon moved out of New York. How do you think that's a good idea? ExxonMobil, one of the biggest companies in the world, left New York and they went to Dallas. Great job, Letitia. And that's what's happening right now. Businesses are fleeing our country. Businesses Wait. are leaving our this this whole horrible system. They're leaving the state. They're leaving our country. So the one example Trump can come up with of companies bailing on the country is Exxon moving from New York to Texas. It's getting painful to watch. It's getting painful to watch. Then Trump went into one of his famous sir stories. He says that generals said to him the most courageous, the bravest thing they've ever seen was when Trump chalked up his sexual harassment to locker room talk. Generals, that's the bravest thing they've seen. Here's a sir story. Take a listen to this. But I went onto that stage just a few days later and a general who's a fantastic general actually said to me, sir, I've been on the battlefield. Men have gone down on my left and on my right. I stood on hills where soldiers were killed. But I believe the bravest thing I've ever seen was the night you went onto that stage with Hillary <laughs> Clinton after what happened. And then that woman asked you the first question about it. And I said, locker room talk. It's locker room talk. What the hell? What are you talking? Locker room talk. <laughs> the bravest thing that a general who's been on the battlefield has seen men and women go into combat and lose their lives. The bravest thing that general has ever seen was when Trump chalked up sexual harassment to locker room talk. Does anybody believe this latest sir store? The multi time draft dodger saying when I minimized the sexual harassment I was caught on tape doing. That's the bravest thing a general has ever seen. Trump then talking about the dictator thing. You know why I wanted to be a dictator to drill and to build the wall, doubling down, I guess, on his dictatorial wet dream. Bad. Uh, Baker today in The New York Times, he said uh, that I want to be a dictator. I didn't say that. I said I want to be a dictator for one day. But The New York Times said and you know why I wanted to be a dictator? Because I want a wall, right? I want a wall and I want to drill, drill, drill. That's true. So 
Well, we did. Yeah, the crowd chants build the wall. Trump says he did it. He didn't do it. And Mexico didn't pay for it. So notice that Trump is sort of trying to soften what it means to be a dictator, change the definition. It's not so bad. Uh, it's it's just one day after, at, the, at the end of the day. But what he wants to do is get rid of media outlets he doesn't like, um, uh, look at the execution or at minimum prosecution of his political enemies, make Christianity a national religion, use the Department of Defense and military to end protests that he doesn't like, skip or terminate the Constitution when it's not useful to him. He said all this stuff. He said all this stuff. You don't have to extrapolate from things he's subtly implying. He said all of it. Last clip from this totally harebrained gong show event. Trump actually sort of funny talking about Ron DeSantis's high heels and his bobblehead. Trump every once in a while can be funny, but the danger to comedy ratio is very much in favor of danger. Let's be clear of that. You know what I love? I love when they say we really want to run against Donald Trump. That's the one we want. How did they do in 2016, by the way? We want Donald Trump. Well, how have they done since? Pretty well. We don't want to run against Ron DeSanctimonious with his high heels and his bobblehead bullshit, you know. <laughs> oh, it looks like a bobblehead doll. I don't like him because I endorsed him and, you know, I got him elected. This, you told me exactly. Yeah. Trump's not wrong about DeSanctis's high heels and bobblehead stuff. Uh, But they're both dangerous wannabe autocrat dictators. So Trump's latest speech to the New York Young Republicans Club, very disturbing, again, continuing to have these dictatorial aspirations, cognitively confused, making up stories in which people call him sir. I would expect all of this to continue. And the pressure building on Trump because of his cognitive gaffes is building. And Trump is now doubling down and insisting that he's doing it on purpose. Let's review that next before we move on to other things. Donald Trump went on a midnight and middle of the night truth social rant, truth central. where he again insisted his cognitive gaffes, wherein he says that Obama is actually currently the president. It's all on purpose. It's all deliberate. A first Donald Trump posting about the Republican debate last week, which we covered live. Let's look at his thoughts there first, where he said, quote, so many people are asking what I thought of history's lowest rated presidential debate and how I would rate the players. It's so easy to be a critic, but who on this subject would be better than me? To begin with, I thought Ron DeSanctimonious was terrible with his bobblehead facial movements and his walking on eggs. But that sloppy Chris Christie was worse. He's not fit mentally or physically to be president. Plus, he suffers from TDS or Trump derangement syndrome at levels not seen before. In other words, he's a sick puppy. On top of it all, his poll numbers are just one percent in a class with Ada Hutchinson. He's dead. But so is Ron, whose weird bobbing head and fresh mouth make his high heels look good. He's walking on eggs. Bird brain look different and lost. But I give her second place. Bird brain is Nikki Haley. Vivek wins because he thinks I'm great. The biggest loser was Megyn Kelly. What the hell happened to her? She has lost whatever she once had, which wasn't very much. Some things never change. Trump then insisting his cognitive failures are deliberate. This is very difficult to believe. Trump trothing on Truth Social quote, I never confused crooked Joe Biden with Barack Obama except in the form of a sarcastic joke, which the fake news knows and fully understands. 
Sarcasm is a very dangerous thing for me to use. You know, it is truly impossible to believe that Donald Trump was doing it on purpose. Here is Brian Kilmeade on Fox. I've played this before, insisting Trump's doing it on purpose and everybody else has to laugh because it's so unbelievable. You can't compare yourself to Joe Biden. There's no way. And Donald Trump keeps saying that because he believes Obama's pulling the strings. I talked to him off camera about that. I talked to right. him on the radio about that. I said, what? and I corrected him on the radio interview. Please go back and listen. Yeah. I said, you mean Joe Biden? He goes, no, Joe Biden, he's convinced Barack Obama's running the country. That's why he says it. He wants you to think oh, that. Oh, Brian, come on. And he thinks that's true. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. You should be, you should be his manager's campaign manager. Listen to that's the interview. Good. That's a really good spin on that. No, that's a good spin on that. I'm going to jump in, guys. The, the I'm gonna... <laughs> so listen, I mean, here's just, here's one example Trump's done this a dozen times at this point. Look for the sarcasm. Look for the joke. Look for the tongue in cheekness of this. Comment. They uh, were interviewing him two weeks ago and they said, uh, what would you advise President Obama? The whole world seems to be exploding and imploding. And he said, it's very simple. He should immediately resign and they should replace him with President Trump, who kept the world safe. And I'm not just talking the United States, China. See, it's obvious he's joking, right? It's obvious that it's merely sarcasm. We've looked at six, seven or eight of these recently. There is not a single example where anyone with a normal EQ and ability to read social cues would watch it or hear it and come away thinking, yeah, that was sarcasm. Yeah, that was a joke. And part of it is Trump doesn't do sarcasm. The other part of it is it doesn't make any sense for it to be sarcastic. It just it doesn't it doesn't land. It doesn't communicate. So Trump insisting that's the explanation, completely not believable in any way whatsoever. But that's what the guy is going with. It seems even Megyn Kelly at this point understands it for what it is. It's a sad thing. It's a very sad thing. But the sarcasm line, it's just not believable, sir. Let's not do the thing this holiday season where you're racing around to multiple stores, spending way too much time scanning shelves for some perfect gift and then getting another gift card for mom. Here's an idea that will make mom or dad or stepmom or brother or friend very happy this year. A digital picture frame from Aura Frames that can be preloaded with pictures. The New York Times named Aura the best digital photo frame. I've given each of my parents one of these as a gift. My girlfriend gave her parents an Aura frame as a gift. We loaded them in advance with pictures of the baby, which everyone loves. And now I can keep adding pictures or my parents can whoever wants to manage it. It's all done seamlessly over Wi-Fi with the Aura app and you get infinite cloud storage. You don't have to deal with memory cards and USB uh, cables and this sort of thing. One frame can have multiple users who add and remove pictures. And I love how you can load the pictures without even opening the frame. So you give them a brand new wrapped up frame already has pictures on it. You'll also get $30 off their best selling frames when you go to AuraFrames.com slash Pacman and then use the code Pacman. These frames sell out quickly. Get yours before they're gone. That's a u r a frames dot com slash Pacman. Use the code Pacman for thirty dollars off. The info is in the podcast notes. We continue to get more and more free speech on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Since Elon Musk purchased it, some of the most vile and disgusting figures have been unbanned 
The most recent is conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Alex Jones unbanned from Twitter, immediately rehabilitated by promoting an interview with Elon Musk, by um, uh, participating in some kind of Twitter spaces event uh, with Vivek Ramaswamy and Elon Musk doing an interview with Tucker Carlson. I'll just show you some of the things that he got up to almost immediately. Here is Alex Jones triumphant return to Twitter. Alex is back. The First Amendment. Less than a day after being reinstated to X, I was on Mario Nafal's number one X spaces program. It had over 120,000 people watching at one time, more than 8 million watched it by the time it was over. Elon Musk came on for more than two hours, and I asked a lot of good questions. So officially, I was the guy getting interviewed, but I turned it around, made it about Elon Musk, because quite frankly, he's even more interesting than I am. We're going to be posting this interview with just my questions, cut down the full interviews, obviously on Mario's channel. We'll be posting it to X here in the next few hours. We'll be playing on my radio show and TV show tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central, Infowars.com forward slash show. So for all the people that heard about Infowars, but didn't know what we really stood for because it was misrepresented. This is your chance to go to Infowars.com forward slash show. So as you can see, he's using the opportunity to get back to the Twitter now X audience, tell them all about how great Alex Jones is, and he's going to then presumably, thanks to Elon Musk, pull in a much larger audience. Then posting also, you just go down, you see the stuff that he posted. He also has been interviewed by Tucker Carlson and what is clearly a uh, you know semi-coordinated sort of thing to time out with when Alex Jones is back on the platform. Alex Jones getting the hero's welcome from Tucker as well. We're here with the world's most dangerous man, the most censored man in the English language. Right. But honestly, when you get him in front of an outhouse in the woods, he doesn't seem so dangerous. It's a fancy outhouse. <laughs> we have a running class in the United States defined by its hatred. Now Tucker brings in Alex Jones as the hero to explain all of this ruling class stuff. Not its loves, not its hopes, but by its hatreds. They hate all kinds of people, large groups of people, the deplorables, the bitter clingers, America's entire blue collar population, the unfashionable people. They're hated by the people who run our country. But no one is hated more by them than a man called Alex Jones. Right. Alex Jones is the single most censored man in all American history. <laughs> he was the first media figure in our history to be completely erased in one day. There's never been a bigger victim than Alex Jones. Deplatformed. Alex Jones was deplatformed before it was a common term. And not just deplatformed, sued, attacked. They attempted to criminally charge him. What did Alex Jones do wrong? Alex Jones didn't rape anybody. He didn't loot Macy's. He didn't burn a police station. He didn't invent a fake cryptocurrency and loot pension funds. He didn't start a pointless war that made this country poorer and more disorganized. He didn't open the southern border. No, Alex Jones had opinions that deeply rattled the people who run America. In fact, mm. a lot of us. Everyone's so scared of him that they banned him. And I'll just confess that I first heard of Alex Jones when he questioned the official story behind 9-11. And I, speaking uh -oh. for myself, was deeply offended by this. I didn't take any time to find out what he was saying, but I was bothered. All by right. So listen, Tucker was wrong and Alex was right to question it. So, OK, I mean, listen, at this point, X has so destroyed what Twitter once was 
that I don't think Alex Jones going back on X is going to save X, right? There's a there's a two sided thing here. Who needs who more? Does Alex Jones need to be back on X or does X need Alex Jones? I think they both need each other and neither is going to be the other's savior. But some of the concerns with putting Alex Jones back on X are obvious. Another platform on which to spread misinformation and disinformation. Uh, enabling, endorsing and signal boosting harmful views, undermining trust in media and institutions. The followers who will say, hey, if Alex is back on, then his views are, 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 are kosher and maybe I'll follow some of this stuff and incite harassment or violence at those that are uh, targeted by Alex Jones, setting a precedent when you welcome back Alex Jones, who's been uh, violating community guidelines everywhere in dangerous and disturbing ways. You're saying, hey, it's all welcome. Let's 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 make this a platform about this sort of thing. So I don't I'm not offended. Right. At this point, I post to Twitter once a week. I'm I, it, it's had no impact on the show. I've realized that essentially being ninety nine point nine percent off Twitter hasn't hurt the show in any way. In fact, we're growing faster than we have been in a while to some degree because we're getting closer to an election. The dangers lie in the potential to spread misinformation fundamentally validating these harmful viewpoints, and especially when you are glorified in the way that he's being glorified by Elon Musk, by Tucker Carlson and others. That's really the concern. And so Alex Jones is back. Hilariously, we now have a new incident called Pissgate which, yes, Alex Jones is involved in, but it centers around Vivek Ramaswamy. Let's talk about that next. Vivek Ramaswamy was on a bizarre event, truly a bizarre event on Twitter spaces or X spaces. The newly rehabilitated and unbanned Alex Jones was there. Elon Musk was there. Vivek Ramaswamy was there. Manosphere guru and uh, 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 Manosphere guru Andrew Tate was there. And at a certain point, Vivek urgently just has to kind of like leave. And he has a hot mic moment where his urination is audible over the Twitter spaces. If you believe Twitter's stats about how many people were watching or listening to this thing, better said, a ton of people heard this thing. At the same time, those numbers are probably made up, but here it is. Vivek Ramaswamy embroiled in a major controversy called Pissgate. And I have a very specific reason why I'm bringing this up. Those of you who are fans of certain movies, probably pause the video. OK, let me know in a comment what scene from a classic movie does this remind you of? This is why I love this. Take a listen to what happened on Twitter spaces to Vivek. Children, that's all I'm saying. Elon Musk is promoting an optimistic pro-human future that the science and evidence shows is real and that we need. Gentlemen, I have to yeah, go. Yeah. I, I, I just want okay. to be- so that's Vivek saying, gentlemen, I have to go. And then soon you'll hear you'll hear it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm very clear about Please, my position. I'm, I'm super pro-human and I mean all humans, uh, you know, humans in America, humans in Somebody's Africa, got their thing Asia, open and everywhere else. Somebody's got their phone open in the bathroom. Yeah, so now you can hear the water trickling. Vivek, Vivek, that's that's your phone, Vivek. I'm not able to mute you. Vivek, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Elon. Um, Sorry about that. So, um, <laughs> well, I hope you feel better. I feel great, thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. So it's, I mean, it's beyond parody, right? Elon Musk is talking about how pro-human he is. Vivek Ramaswamy is urinating. It's just completely and totally wild. So, what does this remind me of? 
one of my favorite movies, the, the Naked Gun series, where Lieutenant Frank Drebin, played by Leslie Nielsen, finishes speaking, keeps his mic on. Remember this classic movie scene. This is if you've not seen these movies, especially to some of our younger viewers, this is just quality, quality satire films. Take a listen to this. This is the classic scene Vivek Ramaswamy reenacting it. Thank you, Your Honor. Protecting the safety of the Queen is a task that's gladly accepted by police squad. For no matter how silly the idea of having a Queen might be to us, as Americans, we must be gracious and considerate hosts. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant Driven. Of course, we all have a stake in seeing that this portion of the Queen's American Goodwill Tour is completely and we can all take pride that the Queen has chosen our <laughs> Indeed, it is for all the people who will be able to share in the uh, celebration, especially. So, anyway, this scene is why anytime I do a speaking gig and they mic me up, OK, th this scene is so burned in my mind whenever I do a speaking gig and I'm carrying around a microphone. If I go to the bathroom, even though oftentimes they will tell you, we'll turn this off when you walk off the stage, I will physically disconnect the physical mic from the wireless transmitter. I don't want to take any chances whatsoever. And it's this famous scene with Lieutenant Frank Drebin that reminds me of that. Maybe, you know, Vivek's my age. Maybe Vivek did not see the movie or something like that. But long story short, insane conversation on X, Alex Jones, Andrew Taint, Elon Musk, etc., punctuated by Pissgate, Vivek Ramaswamy, urine, Vivek Ramaswamy urinating over the entire thing. Wild, wild stuff. We have a voicemail number. If you have anything you want to weigh in on, you can call the voicemail number 2192 David P. If you get a hankering to leave me a voicemail at 3 a.m., you can do it. Here is a caller attacking the troll callers and the right wing nuts who complain when I talk during my own live streams. Here's a caller who's saying to them, You're not making any sense. Take a listen. David, sir, this is James. I just wanted to let you know that uh, this idea that you should not talk on your own show during broadcast is totally absurd. Right. I mean, people are telling you, like when they're watching the debate, they don't want to hear commentary from David Passman. Then why are they watching the David Passman show? It's so right. stupid. Go watch C-SPAN if you don't want any commentary. Anyway, just uh, wanted to get that off my chest because some people are so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I listen. Of course, the caller is right. If you don't want to hear from David Pakman, don't watch the David Pakman show the, the, what I will tell you is the following. We have been covering certain events, including Republican debates that aren't getting a lot of coverage on YouTube. It's like, you know, uh, whatever channel News Nation will stream it on their channel, on their website. It'll be on Rumble and then it's almost nowhere else. So it is true. And I welcome it that when I cover such an event, people who don't know about me We'll just search for the debate on YouTube. Sometimes I'll be one of only two or three channels that is covering it, and then they'll find me. They don't know who I am. Totally fine. They're welcome to, to be there. We estimate that roughly two thirds of the people that watch the live streams 
aren't existing subscribers. They may know who I am, but they're, they're not subscribed. Two thirds, right? So a lot of new viewers. That's all great. At some point, it's like, listen, it's free and you're not finding it anywhere else. Maybe you just have to tolerate my commentary without emailing me insults, attacks and disgusting messages of different kinds. Just a thought. And certainly what the caller here uh, seems to be seems to be suggesting. OK, let me tell you about a couple of things that are coming up because this is actually a pretty big deal. We are going to have these are some really good guests. We're going to have NPR's Steve Inskeep on the show. OK, super excited to talk to him. It's been rescheduled a few times. He's going to be on this week. It's going to be fantastic. There is a podcast I've mentioned that I listen to Freakonomics MD. It's part of the Freakonomics uh, podcast network. The host of that podcast, Dr. Anupam Jenna, is a doctor and an economist. Super interesting guy. He's going to be on the show. If you're not listening to Freakonomics MD, MD, check it out. I think they're in like a break. I haven't seen a new episode for a little while. Hopefully the podcast isn't over. And then also we are scheduled to have on the program Morgan Housel. This is like a, an, an, I'm personally very interested in this interview. Morgan Housel is one of the most up and coming a sort of like personal finance writers. He wrote the best selling book. How many languages is it in now? The, the Psychology of Money. You can find that book and others I recommend at davidpackman.com slash finance. Morgan Housel just wrote another book, which is more about what are the principles that never seem to change? We can't predict what social media platforms will be popular. We can't predict, oh, what sort of car are people going to be driving? We can count on the fact that people have always been greedy and ready to take advantage of others. That's was the truth 2000 years ago. It's the truth 100 years ago. It's the truth now. That would be a principle we can probably count on in thinking about uh, how we want to think about the world. That's his new book, Same as Ever. Read both of them. He's going to be on the show. It's going to be fantastic. And then also, this one is by popular demand. Robert Sapolsky, okay, celebrated scientist. He has some fantastic courses on YouTube that I've watched and others have as well. Best selling author. So many of you said, David, you got to have Robert. Sir, you've got to have Robert Sapolsky on. He is also scheduled to be on. So, some really, really good guests coming up on the bonus show today. We talked uh, about last week. Last week, we spoke about that hearing at which three college presidents from UPenn, Harvard and MIT had less than strong answers on is calling for the genocide of Jews allowed at your campus. One of those three, the president of Penn has now resigned and there is big pressure on the others to resign. We will discuss. Secondly, seven in 10 American adults consider themselves spiritual. And we're going to talk about that in a context of decreasing religiosity. What does it mean to be considered spiritual versus religious? And third, is it time for Joe Biden to come up with a significantly different perspective on cannabis for his 2024 campaign? I believe the answer is yes. We'll see what Pat thinks. We will see what you think. Get instant access to the bonus show by signing up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code two million. That's the number two and the word million to get a crazy discount off of the cost of membership. I hope to see you on the bonus show. Otherwise, I'll be back with you tomorrow.